Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I am your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, how are you? Oh, I can't complain. Can't complain at all. We have uh, the topic for tonight's show is something that a lot of us need to take care of and take care of right away. (laughs) We're talking about something that has stopped a lot of us from living our dreams, from achieving our goals, and just flat out paralyzed us. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> have, 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 have you ever been faced with making a decision that will change the way that you live your life, and because of that F word, you bypass it and don't want to deal with it, don't want to confront it? You know, I think everybody, and myself included, has been in that situation where, you know, that, that F word, when when we run into it, it's almost like, oh, man, what do you do, what do you do, what do you do? And you get to that point where you just allow that F word to dominate you. Yes. Yes. And, Brian, so many times we're right there at the door of our breakthrough. Mm-hmm. We're right there. We're right where we're supposed to be. But that F word stops us like a brick wall. So many times we see people living their dreams and we're trying to figure out why can't I have the life that I dream? My friends are doing this, they're doing that. Is it that they're smarter than me? Is it that they know more people than I do? Is it because of their education? What is it? Is it that people just like them better than they like me? People are asking these questions, Brian, and we're going to deal with that tonight. Yes. We're going to deal with that. You know, tonight's topic, if you haven't figured it out yet, is overcoming the F word, fear. (laughs) Fear, Brian, I've seen people freeze up at the thought of living their dreams. Some people, Brian, would rather just dream, dream, dream and never attack their dreams because of fear. Yes, you know, I've seen a lot of people just absolutely forget about their dream because of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, where they wouldn't even they wouldn't even respond to the word dream. They had no they had nothing to do with the word dream because they were afraid to dream. Yes, they, they had fear. And, and you know, was, yeah, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. No. I was going to say, so many times we turn away from things, and what we'll do is we'll put our dreams on the back burner and watch other people live the life that they want to live, but now we're living a life angry, upset, we're mistreating people, we're mistreating our families, all because we are afraid to Mm -hmm. step out. There's another F word. And these two do not go together. They cannot go together. And they, it's just meant that these two are never in the same place at the same time. And that other F word, Brian, is faith. Ah. They can't go together. <laughs> they can't. Got they can't fear be, they, and you got faith. Brian, Brian, they can't be in the same room at the same time. No, because when you're fearful, how how can you show you have faith? And when you're faithful, that means you have no fear. <laughs> yeah, and Brian, we come up with so many different excuses on our jobs. Oh, this person got they got a promotion because they were brown nosing, they were doing this, they were doing that. But what are you doing? Hmm. A lot of times, Brian, people won't step up to the challenge of being promoted because they're afraid of change. They're so used to living the lives that they live and they become comfortable suffering. Hmm. You know anybody like that, Brian? You know, unfortunately, I do. You know, and, and the sad part about it is 
even when you try to explain it to them and tell them, you know, look, you gotta you gotta move past that situation. You gotta move past that failure. You know, they're they're almost afraid to. It's like, no, I mean, I I, I couldn't do it. I'm not gonna worry about. it. I'm just gonna go to the next thing, and you know, and it's and it's like, no. When I say move on, I don't mean, you know, to just move on into the next thing as if you're going to, you know, get away from the other thing. I want you to complete that. You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, want, I want you to, to have that in your mindset that you can complete that task, mm. and then you can move on. Brian, there's another word, too, that we need to look at very closely. And that's a word, that D word, Brian, that's that, that D word that causes us to talk ourselves out of that great thing that we want to do. You know how you go to church and you hear a motivational speaker or inspirational person up there talking and they fire you up and you, you're so hyped up and you're amped up and saying you can live this dream, you can be what you want to be. But then mm-hmm. by the time you get to your car, you're thinking to yourself, let's be real, you can't. You you can't possibly do this. Your fam no one in your family has done this. No one around you are doing this thing that you're dreaming. Brian, that D word is doubt. Yes, yes. You know, I was gonna take a stab at it. I thought that's what the word you that was the word you were talking about. Mm. You know, I could think of another D word that when you're when you're just that close to being where you're supposed to be and then you you don't want to believe that you're there, but you know, but you're close enough, and it's called denial. Yes. You know, sometimes we can deny that we're even where we're supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be there. You know, you're the one. No, I'm not. Don't say that. I don't want to be the one. And a lot of times it's fear of responsibility. Yes. You know, you don't want to be responsible for that much stuff. You don't want to be the one that that has to be the caretaker or make sure that 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 one particular thing gets done because you're so used to being where you are that when someone tries to elevate you, you're like, oh, no, no, I don't want that. No, I'll just sit back here. You know, I I think about it like I have uh, friends who sing, and they'll they'll sing backgrounds, you know, and they're good enough to sing solo. But they are not gonna take a solo. Oh no! Yeah, I'll sing the backgrounds all day long, but I don't want to touch that solo part because that means I gotta step out front. Yes. And Brian, we have these dreams. These dreams are pulling at us all the time. They're waking you up in the middle of the night. You want to go back to sleep, but it won't let you. Mm-hmm. It's telling you write this down, do this. You're riding in your car by yourself. You're listening to music. Next thing you know, you're dreaming. Oh, boy, that would be great if I could do this or if I could do that. Well, try it. Brian, that's an R word that's out there that so many people are so afraid of, Brian. And guess what? The R word doesn't hurt you a bit. It's the way we think. It's the way we process it. And, Brian, that R word is rejection. Ooh. What's so hard about being, you know, getting rejection? Rejection is only a learning and teaching tool for us. It says, okay, you don't have what you need. This is what you need to get where you want to be. If you want to be a singer, you start singing, and you go and you, you audition, and you get a demo tape, and you send it in, and they send it back, and they put a letter with it, I'm sorry. We feel that you don't have this to do this or to do that. Well, get this or that that they say you don't have and send it back. Because you tried two or three times, you quit. What they say, Brian, <laughs> it's not over until the fat lady sings. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> but, Brian, a lot of us quit when the fat lady clear her throat. <laughs> Before she even sings, we give up. Now, we're fighters, but we quit. So easily. And, Brian, a lot of times we believe in others before we believe in ourselves. We can, we can 
motivate another person and say, girl, do this, or God, you can do this, you can do it, you can do it, but what are you telling yourself? Mm. That is so, so true. You don't think enough of yourself in the dreams that was given to you that you kick it to the side and you promote someone else constantly. You're believing in other people, and now you're going home to a, a depressed and you're in a depressed state because of that F word, Brian, fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we have fears of just simple stuff, you know. I mean, and when I look at the word fear, I think about the different types of fear. You have people that are afraid of water or, like, large bodies of water. Mm-hmm. You have people that are afraid of, like me, I'm... I don't like spiders. I won't say that I'm afraid of them. I just don't like them. You know, so I have this what's called the fear of spiders, but I'm not really afraid of them. I just don't like spiders. You know, you have people that are afraid of bugs. You know, I have a friend that's afraid of clowns. And it's the crazy, it's the funniest thing in the world to me, but he is deathly afraid of clowns. Yes, yes. You could show him a picture of a clown and he gets all just antsy, mm-hmm. you know. And so everybody has a fear of something, you know. And, you know, tonight's show, we're talking about overcoming that fear. See, I can overcome the fear of a spider. You know, I mean, I'm going to kill it if I see it, <laughs> you know. But then I think that's the thing we have to have to focus on. Though. We have to squash that fear. Just like if you saw a bug, you want to squash it. You know, you got to squash that fear. Yeah. You know, and, and you can't be afraid to go one on one with that fear, mm-hmm. because you know either you're gonna either you're gonna defeat that fear or you're gonna be the defeat. You know you're gonna be defeated by that fear. And Brian, one thing that we must do at some point of time in our life, we're gonna have to get enough courage. So you can't have courage without fear. Those two go hand in hand. You cannot have courage without fear. Now, Brian, we're going to have to at some point say, I'm ready to face my fears. I'm ready to do this. And you stand and you stare fear in the face and deal with it. Now, I'm not saying if you're scared of dogs, go out and jump in a pen of Rottweilers. I'm not saying do that. What I'm saying is that thing that scares you, deal with it, stare mm-hmm. it in the face, and you'll see once you stand up to it, Brian, is that what I was afraid of? Was that really what I was afraid of? Because of your doubt, you don't have any, your lack of motivation is so far down and gone mm-hmm. that you're just afraid at this point. You ever seen someone so afraid of something that they just lose their mind? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when I was talking about the uh, the fear of those bodies of water, you know, I was talking about somebody that I actually know personally. And you can be driving by a a, a, a lake, and they'll say, get on the other side of the street, <laughs> you know. Yes. I mean, that's the type of thing. Or they, you could be walking next to a pool. And they won't get anywhere near that pool. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg, we have a caller. We're going to get to that caller in just a short minute. But, uh, you know, the thing that's uh, that's so important about, well, those, that's so crucial about having that fear of something is that you should be able to overcome any fear that you have. Any fear. You know, but it and it's all about exercising your faith. You know, because like I said, faith and fear can't stand in the same room. So if you exercise your faith, then you can get rid of that fear. That's right. Brian, we said number one, we're gonna have to face our fears at some point. That's a tip. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to face it. Number two, once you know who you are. Fear disappears. Fear Mm -hmm. is trying to give you 
uh, your being is trying to give you that. That's what fear does. Fear didn't come from the creator. He didn't give you that. No. So fear is trying, if you don't know who you are, fear will give you that. And I guarantee you, you won't like it. But, Brian, fear has caused so many people to change their lives. I just spoke, Brian, just last week at the Florida Department of Health. They called me in to come and speak, and I was in there talking to, about uh, uh, rape and molestation, and there were more women than there were men in there. So it kind of touched home with a lot of them. And one mm-hmm. lady, she was dealing with something, and she got so afraid that she ran out of the room crying. Fear. Mm-hmm. I was talking about something that opened that wound, an old wound up. And when I talked with her afterwards, she came back and she said, Mr. Turner, it's not you. It's what you said. You were in my face. And I felt that my space was closing in on me because of something I've been dealing with. I thought I was over it. And now that wound is open again. And I had to get out of here because of I, I was panicking. And I told her, I said, you're going to have to face your fears at some point. It's running and ruining your life. It's causing problems in your family, on your job, in your health. You're going to have to face it at some point. And Brian, you know, Greg, it's something that you just said that just, just turned the light on for me. A lot of people are dealing with health issues yes. because they're afraid of something like going to the doctor. Oh, men. Men all the time. Oh, yeah. Men. Afraid, yes. I mean, I can remember I was talking with uh, with a youth group that I, uh, I was teaching abstinence education, and we were talking about, you know, health issues as it relates to, you know, catching diseases and all that stuff. And uh, I told them, I said, yeah, I go, and I, I go to the doctor regularly. And one of them said, uh, do you give a prostate exam? I said, yeah, I've had a couple prostate exams, you know, and they thought it was all, they thought it was funny. Man, you let the man touch you and and, and put his finger there, and I'm like, it's my doctor. You know, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I said, what's the big deal is if he does it and finds something wrong, you know, and they just thought, they were like, man, I ain't never, I have to be sick. I ain't letting nobody do that to me, you know, and I'm thinking, this is a fear. I said, what are you afraid of? You know who you are, right? You're like, yeah, but I ain't going to let nobody do that to me. You know, and that was just, you know, confirming so many fears out there. I mean, something as simple as going in, you got a three-second procedure that they have to do. It takes little or no time. And they're checking to see whether you're healthy or not. You better do it because those three seconds of fear, that'll be, I mean, they'll be over so fast, you know, versus you wait till it's too late and you're sick, and then they go in and figure out, hey, this is what's wrong with you. I told him, I said, you're still going to have to get checked <laughs> either way. You got to deal with it. Brian, that's another word. Mm. The letter C. The C word, again, that word, Brian, is comfort. We get comfortable <laughs> in our depressive state. We mm. get so used to hurting until we become numb. We get so used to doubting our uh, abilities until we get numb. We get so used to being closed up in a room and not having a good time until when we do have a good time, Brian, we think something's wrong. Ah. <laughs> we start feeling guilty because we're having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've, you know what? I've, I've actually been there. <laughs> Yes. You know, not not only have I seen people like that, I've actually been in that particular place where I'm thinking something's got to be wrong because I'm I'm out of my comfort zone, but it doesn't feel bad. Yes, yes. You know, and it's almost like you get to the point where you're waiting for something to go wrong so you can say, see, I knew it. Yes, that's so true. That's so true. And, and Brian, I've seen people do it. You see where they'll start to let go, and then they'll think, 
well, I'm not supposed to be happy. I'm not supposed to feel this way. Brian, it's a habit. If you do something for 28 consecutive days, it is a habit. And if you stay depressed and you stay down and you continue to speak negative things into your life, then you're going to get used to that feeling. And it's going to, and to you, you, you think it's okay. And then when you see others having a good time, then you become the what, Brian, they call them? The hater. Mm-hmm. Everything that you see a person doing good, you have something negative to say about that person. And, Brian, we see this person all the time. We see this negative person all the time. They're negative, they're angry, and they're depressed. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you there's nothing wrong with me. We see them in church. We see them in schools. We talk to them on a regular basis. And, Brian, it's so sad because these people are hurting others. Yes. Yes, they're causing other people to go and and have fear because they'll yeah. say, oh, you know, you can't do that. Don't do that. I've been there. Brian, I guarantee you. Me, oh, boy. I guarantee you, Brian, if all of the listeners, if you write down your five top friends or the five top people that you're associated with, I guarantee you one of the five are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg, let's uh, take a quick commercial, and when we okay. come back, we're going to actually uh, focus in a little bit more on the types of fear that people have. And we can also go to the caller, too. Sure, we can do that. We'll be right back. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So, why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So, why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. What's up? We're boys to men. How do we educate our kids so they have a fighting chance in today's world? We don't have to tell you that children face pretty tough challenges these days. We adults need to go the extra mile to make sure our kids find something in school that really sparks their interest, like music. Teenagers who study music and arts tend to find tough science and math concepts easier to grasp. It has to do with development of something called spatial IQ. And music and creativity go together, too. We know from our own lives that teachers who appreciate creative thinking embrace our love of music. So, help prepare your children for life. Encourage them to learn to love music. A PSA brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, Gibson Guitar, Baldwin Piano, and this station. March is Music in Our Schools Month. Music, part of a sound education. We're back with the Abundant Solutions Hour, and if you're just joining us, our topic is called Overcoming Fear. And... If you have a comment or a question, our call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Greg. Yes, sir. Would you like to go to the caller now? Yes, let's go to them. They've been waiting faithfully. All right. Let's see. Caller, are you there? Oh, we have a silent caller today. That's just fine. Ask him one more time. Caller, are you there? I guess they're just listening. But go ahead, Brian. Yeah, we encourage you to listen. Uh, we're. I want to focus in a little bit on the type, uh, one particular fear that I know a lot of people are going through, and that's fear of commitment. 
Ah, you didn't think I was going to go there tonight, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Fear of commitment. You know, as I talk to people and, you know, um, in my daily walk and where I, you know, hang out, so to speak, I don't really do a lot of hanging out, but some of the people I talk to, when we ask them about, you know, I mean, when they ask me about the type of shows we've done in the past and, you know, I had one particular person say, hey, you need to do a show about relationships again. And I just laughed. I said, well, we've done shows about relationships this year. And they said, well, you need to do another one because that's some things that we need to talk about. And, you know, it was interesting that, you know, that it came from, well, not because it came from a woman, but it came from a friend. And I'm thinking, wow, I didn't know you were dealing with stuff like that. You know, and I didn't ask her that, but I'm just, it just made me think that people really want to talk about relationships and they want to talk about things like commitment but they don't want they don't want to come right out and just talk about it they want other people to discuss it and then they can chime in yes they you know, want somebody under the, to start it under yes. the shroud and the secrecy of the telephone so to speak you know and um and that's fine you know because not everybody's going to come right out and just be very vocal about their feelings, their opinions, what they think, and so forth, you know. But that fear of commitment, that that thing is is huge. Yes, you know, is. I can remember a lot of my friends, you know, and even me when I was younger, I, I had a fear of commitment. I wasn't ready to settle down and commit and all that stuff, you know. But once I was, I was, you know, and yes. there was no doubt that that's what I was going to do. You know, but I have friends now that are older than I am, and they're still struggling with committing to the person that they've been with for a long time. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? <laughs> you, hey, know? Brian, you know what it is? They're just flat out. You you, you said it's commitment. They're, they're afraid to make a commitment, mm-hmm. and that's true. I agree with you. It's also they are so afraid to love because someone has hurt them somewhere down the line. They're afraid to open up their heart to this person and say, you know what, I'm committed to you because, Brian, you hear this all the time. If I cheat on her and the relationship goes bad, so what? I didn't waste my time. How many times have you heard that? <laughs> both both sides will say that. Mm-hmm. But don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid and always trying to protect your heart. I know that's a human thing to do, but the more you, you the more you try to protect it, the more that you're getting in the way and you're not really having the full joy and the full meaning of love. Mm-hmm. Love means taking all the restrictions off. I'm not saying be stupid. I'm <laughs> saying it. you take all the restrictions off when you love because love is perfect. We can't right. be perfect, but love is a perfect thing. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm taken back to the song where it says, love is blind, you know. And uh, what's the other part? It says, oh, it says, and it'll take over your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, I had to laugh about that because that's funny. You know, when you think about it, people go crazy for love Mm -hmm. and i think that's why some people are so afraid to love because love causes them to lose control you know when you're in love with somebody man you'll do some you'll do some of the craziest things in the world you know and i think that's what most people have that fear of that fear of not being in control you know which is another fear you know fear of not being in control you know you can't run the show, you can't dictate what's going on, you don't want to be involved in a relationship like that. You don't want to be the one that says, uh, okay, whatever you say, okay, whatever you say. You want to be in control, and so your relationship does not, you know, grow past your personal, you know, selfish wants versus what needs to be in that relationship. Yeah, and Brian, you said love will make you do some crazy things. I think when people do that, I think they're getting love and lust confused. Okay. They're getting love and lust. I see that? 
confused. Yeah, yeah. Happens all the time. What's mm-hmm. most important to you? Is this man more important to you than your creator? Is this woman more important to you than your creator? Here, here's a, here's an easier one for people to swallow. Is that man or that woman more important to you than going to jail? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think, again, I, I really do believe that love is perfect. And I don't think love will make you do anything on the outside that will cause shame. There's nothing negative about love. Ah. I, 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 I believe that when a person acts crazy in a relationship, I think it's because of anger. I think it's because of something that they don't understand. And, Brian, you've heard me say this before. Anger starts when knowledge stops. Oh, yeah. Because you don't know how to deal with the situation or something that you saw. You don't know how to deal with it. My grandmother used to always say, Gregory, no matter what, operate in love. Now, that's not the easiest thing to do now. I was about to say that. (laughs) That's not the easiest thing in the world. When someone is dogging your name or lying on you, and you know that this person is trying to destroy you on your job, I have to think back, Grandma, you said, what? Operate in love. I hear that all the time, operate in love. And I said, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to try it this time and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It works. It works. Love conquers all. Mm-hmm. At first, when you're in it and you're operating in it, you may think that this person is winning. You may think the situation is bigger than you. You may think that there's no way out, but if you stay in love, you stay within the guidelines of love, you have to remember that the battle is not yours anyway. Mm -hmm. Something else happens, Brian, when you operate in love. The other party, they're not baffled. They don't understand. If you do the same thing that the person is doing to you, How can anyone grow? How can they understand? But when two people are fighting constantly, constantly, there's nothing to learn from that. Nope. It's like you're chopping down one tree and they're chopping down the other tree and neither tree is being allowed to grow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, that's that's just how it is, Brian, and you know all the time. All the time, operate in love, operate in love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just keep telling yourself it's possible, it's possible, because you're dealing with issues and things in the past that you can't do. And, Brian, there's another word that's hindering and stopping and blocking a lot of people, and it's a very powerful tool if they can ever learn how to use it. And you know that word, Brian. It's an F word, isn't it? Forgive. <laughs> Forgive. And You're operating in love when you can forgive. Words. Yes. Well, how can I, how, how are you telling me, you mean to tell me, wait a minute, you mean to tell me you want me to forgive the person that raped me when I was a child? A woman said, you mean to tell me you want me to forgive the person that was drunk and killed a family member? You want me to forgive the person that fired me for my job? Wait a minute. Brian, this is asking too much. This forgive thing is a little bit too hard. Mm. If you don't forgive, that thing will eat you up, and I guarantee your health will fail you. Mm-hmm. Because it's grow- it grows. The longer you don't deal with it, you're creating a monster. You're creating a monster. Brian, I know you've seen that before. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I've seen it. I know you've seen it, and I know that the people out there that can hear our voice, they know there's somebody they need to forgive. You cannot go into the future living in the past. The two cannot connect. You're going to have to let one go and pick up the other. Brian, which one will it be? 
You know, that's a hard choice for some people. Well, I tell you what, I've learned in all my years that if you learn to forgive, it's like a weight being lifted off of you. Have you been there, Brian? I have. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. It is something. It is something that can destroy your life. It can. It it can actually destroy your life, Brian. I'm gonna. We're gonna go back to a commercial. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in about a minute. Hey, Justin, Sarah. Hi, Ricky. Hi. Hey, listen, I just heard about some kids who might try to get some beer. So? Why are you telling us? Yeah. Well, because I thought maybe we could go and, you know, drink. Why? Um, because, I guess because it's cool. Cool? Why is it cool? Well, you know, we can go and get wasted. And why would we want to get wasted? Well, remember that time when we heard some older kids talking about doing it? So? Why should we do it? Well, I guess... I guess I don't know. Sooner or later, someone may ask you if you want to drink. If that ever happens to you, maybe there's something you should ask them. Like why? Because the fact is, most kids don't drink. Even older kids. So think about it. There's no good reason to drink. Want to know more? Check out thecoolspot.org. Daddy, we need to have that talk. What? I'm not a kid anymore. I need to know things. Like? Like why so many black men have diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancer. I'm worried, Daddy. I know. Folks like me are at high risk, but eating nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day can reduce that risk. And those are the facts of life, baby girl. (laughs) Oh, so eating your nine a day is a good thing to do, huh, Daddy? Right. Sort of like you letting me date Maurice? Wrong. A message from the Department of Health and Human Services. Unfortunately, housing discrimination isn't always this obvious. If you think you've been a victim because of your race, color, national origin, sex, religion, disability, or family status, call 800-669-9777 or visit HUD.gov. Fair housing. It's not an option. It's the law. Brought to you by HUD and the Ad Council. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we would love to hear from you. We're talking about fear tonight. Brian, I think a lot of them are afraid to call in. But the call-in number, if you have a question or comment, it's 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Brian, we were just talking about forgiveness, and I know you wanted to chime in on that, so go ahead. You know, sometimes it can be very, very difficult for someone to forgive Especially when it's something that that happened to you, like I like I'll give you an example, like someone that's been sexually assaulted or physically attacked, and then they have to to see the person that's done that to them all the time, and every time they see them, they relive that moment, they relive that that awful time, you know, when they were victimized. It's very difficult for those people to forgive them. You know, and, uh, you know, I can think back to people that I know that that's happened to, and whenever you talk about it, they relive it. Yeah. And they'll tell you, I, I I can see it happening, so stop talking about it. They don't want, they have a fear of seeing it happen again. They don't want to see it. Mm. And, Brian, you and I were just talking on the phone uh, just last week, and you said something that just devastated me and my heart. 
is just going out to this little girl in your neighborhood that was raped, and I'm so glad that they found the uh, the attacker or the person that did this to her. Yeah. I, I, my, you know, the family. I, I know the mom and dad are asking the questions. What could I have done to stop this? Yes. What, you know, I'm. Yes. And and the sad part of the that about it, she was just walking home from school. From school. And this animal, that's what I'm going to call it, this animal, drug her into his backyard and raped her. A 40-year-old man. Yes. He just pulled her, and he he had been watching her daily for, well, from what I understand, weeks or months or something like that, and just decided to make his move. And he drug her into his backyard and forced himself upon her and raped her. And then he let her go. Can you imagine? I know you can't. And I know a lot of women out there that are, that are listening that had this thing, this ugly thing happen to them. This is the time, Brian, when we should not be ashamed of our past. This little girl needs somebody that's been there. Yes. That can come to her and say, "Sweetie, I've been there. It happened to me. I'm okay now." But because of our past and the things that have happened to us, Brian, we're so ashamed that we keep it to ourselves. And we don't realize that that ugly thing that we suffered through that now we have victory we keep we're keeping and holding it in and we see this these things happening and Brian I'm sure someone in the neighborhood some adult or someone older this has happened to and I guarantee you they won't go to her mm. can you imagine the fear i'm trying to understand how can a 13 year old process how can they process this in their mind i'm going to school i'm going home that's not even on their mind they're going home to relax. They're going home to see their loved one. They're, they're going home where comfort is supposed to be, in her neighborhood. And now this was taken from her, yes. viciously taken from her. Mom, know, and and dad, they, yeah, mom and dad can only do so much. They can, they, can, they can give her some type of comfort, but somebody that's been there needs to step up and talk to her and say, again, Brian, I've been there. You can overcome this. Hmm. You know, and I mean, and the real sad part about it is now, you know, she won't feel safe going anywhere. Walking through her neighborhood, she sees someone that looks like him. You know, she'll have that fear to deal with. You know, and it, and and this is like you said before. She needs somebody who's been in that situation to help her, to talk to her, to go through it with her, to go through the healing process with her. You know, and and I know this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people, but for her to be healed completely, she actually has to forgive him. Yes. Yes. Now, Brian, it's right now, it would be so hard for you to tell her parents to forgive this guy. The wounds are too, they're too fresh right now for that family. But if they ever want to have peace, if they ever want to enjoy their life, they're going to have to forgive this man. Now, it's not saying that he's let off the hook for what he's done. It's not saying that you're forgetting what he did or you you no longer care about your daughter. Forgiveness is a very powerful tool if you use it in the right way. It's also a very destructive tool if you don't know how to use it, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't say to yourself, you know what, it's time for me to face this. It's time for me to let this go. 
Mm-hmm. It's time for me to move on. It's time for me to to face these fears that were thrown on me as a 13-year-old. I guarantee you, Brian, she's having nightmares. She's probably afraid to go to sleep. And, my, I, I mean, it just ripped my heart out yesterday when I read in the paper mm-hmm. that, that it happened to her. And, Brian, the sad thing and the scary thing about all of this, you have two daughters yourself in the same neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, and I and I think that's the thing that bothered me the most is that, you know, my children play – and I, you know, and I give them a little bit of freedom, not a whole lot. You know, I don't let them leave the street, you know, but I do let them ride their bikes, you know, up and down the street. You know, at times they'll go down a couple houses down to the neighbor's house, and so I do give them that, you know, little bit of freedom. But it's like now, every time I hear the door open, I'm looking out the window, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm finding myself having to, you know, keep my guard. And it's not that I have a fear that something's going to happen to them. It's more like an apprehension. I have to be, you know, careful because the sad part about it is you do have those type of people out there. And for it to be so close to home, you say, whoa, you really have to go and take, you know, you know, you got to take stock in what's going on, you know. And but, Craig, you know, I want to ask a question. Mm-hmm. How can we start to get rid of fear? You have to know who you are. But to tell a 13-year-old, you have to know who you are, that's kind of, that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a very, that's a tough one. I think once you know who you are, This is going to be something that she's going to have to grow into. This little girl has been thrown into an adult world now because of this ugly act. And I say this all the time. Life will do one of two things to you. It will make you bitter or it will make you better. If we look back at the life of Oprah Winfrey, and I'll just use her because the same thing happened to her. And if we look back at Maya Angelou, and not just these two people because they're in the spotlight, there's a lot of people that we talk to on a daily basis that have gone through this, and it made them better. But we just don't know who they are because their lives are not magna- on the same level as Maya Angelou and Oprah Winfrey. And I remember doing a report on Oprah it was so awesome to see how she had so much love in her that she couldn't tell anybody what happened because she didn't want to destroy the family. We're talking about a child. We're talking about a child here that is being forced to process an adult act. Now, rape I'm not saying it's an adult act. I'm saying that they are now thrown in an adult world. They have to think, what in the world, why is this person doing this to me? We don't know what this man said to this 13-year-old. We don't know what he said to her. But I can tell you, if she don't have the love and support, she's going to be scarred and damaged for a very long time. We did a show last month with a woman from up north, and she said that she was raped. When she was a little girl, by her uncle. Mm-hmm. She's not married. She can't have a relationship with a man. Whatever they get, he gets close to her, or try to get intimate with her. She freaks out. And Brian, you heard her say it out of her own mouth. Right. I want to forgive, but I don't know how. Yep. So, to, so to answer your question, at some point. You're going to have to go back to that thing that you're so afraid of. If it happened in your childhood, you're going to have to go back there. And I think what you're going to have to do is, Brian, I think I really do believe that you're going to have to forgive yourself. They'll make you think that what happened to you was your fault. Yeah. She's 13 years old. She's going back to school. 
it will get out who the little girl is. And kids can be cruel. They will say some things that's going to rip her heart out. And now she's going to feel like she did something wrong. Yeah. You know, and and it's sad because you're right. Kids are brutal. I mean, they, they'll say some things, especially those who, let's say she didn't have a good relationship with, they'll use this opportunity now to just tear her down. Yes. Fear. Now, everywhere she goes, Brian, she's wondering, is everybody at the school, are they looking at me? Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? What is this person saying about me? Now she's in a whole different world now. But she can beat this. She can get past this. She can still live the life that she was created to live. But, Brian, it's going to be a little bit harder. But she can do it. I also read, Brian, that the guy that did this to her, her was dealing with some mental issues. He's always had these mental issues growing up. But that does not excuse what happened. You know, I was just about to say, you know, you always hear people say, well, the person had mental issues or the person uh, wasn't in their right mind. And that's that's the defense that they, you know, use. And I'm not saying that there's not people that have mental problems or mental issues or, you know, mental disabilities or what have you. For the most part, you have these guys that are out there and they know how to do everything else except for not touch on a child. You know what I mean? Yes. They have jobs, and you know they see something. You know they they know most of the time they know right from wrong. He knew what he did was a bad thing because he admitted it. So mental issues, I don't think so. I think this is more of a an issue of lust, but he's lusting after that little girl. Yes, like he did. Yes, yes. And you know, uh, it got to the point where he saw an opportunity, so he took it. You know, now, if that, you know, and, and you have, you know, I'll take that back. It had to be a mental issue. So I agree, yeah, he had something wrong with him. It definitely was mental. You know, and I know it, it may sound like I'm getting a little personal, but, you know, I guess I am because, you know, I do have children, and I have a love for children, and I don't like to see anybody harm a child. And so, you know, if you know you're dealing with mental issues, and you know you might possibly have a propensity to go out and do something wrong, then take care of your situation. You know, don't let it get to the point where you go out and you do something wrong to somebody else. Yes. Yes. I tell you, walking home from school, Not maybe she wasn't walking all the way home from school. She was walking in a neighborhood. She probably just got off the bus and was walking from the bus home. Mm -hmm. Because we know a lot of people are going to say, why would they allow her to walk home from school? First of all, that should have never happened. I was going to say she's a teenager. So, So let's not say what she did was wrong or the parents were wrong for allowing her to walk. That should not have ever happened. There's nothing that little girl did to warrant what happened to her. But now it has happened, and at some point they're going to have to deal with it. They're going to have to deal with it, Brian. There's no way around it. They can't sugarcoat anything with her. They can't. They're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And I believe that they're going to have to have some professional help. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, this is something that you can't try to fix by yourself. You know, I would tell anybody, don't think that you can fix this situation by, you know, pushing it under a rug. I mean, we've talked to people, we've talked to countless people that have been in that situation where, you know, they were victimized and then their family said, well, don't say anything because it was Uncle Ed or... It was cousin 
Felicia or whoever, you know, and that was the person that they did it to or, you know, and so they didn't want it to get out. And that's, that's never a way to fix a situation. No. You know, I think if you're going to fix it, you got to confront it head first and, you know, you got to basically be real because that's the only way to fix a salute, you know, fix a problem. You got to go and fix it. You can't try to dance around it. You can't try to sugarcoat it. You can't try to candy wrap it, you know. And, and, and the thing here. about it, it's not going to be easy. But it's got to be, it's necessary. And, Brian, you know how tough and and how parents really don't want to talk to their kids about sex and situations like this anyway. Oh, no, I can tell you. I mean, just being in that field and talking with kids, most of the time you'll ask them, has your parents ever talked to you about sex? Well, they told me don't have it. <laughs> and that's yeah. about the extent, to, you know, that they've, that they've gone to. Yeah. So parents, I mean, they have a hard job of kind of trying to keep their children's innocence and at the same time teach them about life. And yeah. so for, for that little girl to have to learn such a hard lesson about life at such a young and impressionable age, you know, it's going to take a whole lot of therapy and love, love. and, you know, and commitment on the parent's part to just continue to tell her she didn't do anything wrong because she's going to keep replaying that same thing in her mind. What did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? Did I walk the wrong way? Did I wear the wrong thing? You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, boy, I tell you, it just, it just, it breaks my heart. It happened. It was real. It happened. There's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. And because uh, a lot of parents and a lot of people are so afraid to talk about certain things, they think, I guess, out of sight, out of mind, or out of ear, out of mind. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That child will grow up, or that person that was sexually abused or molested will grow up with so much anger inside of them that will explode at some point. It's going to come out. You mean to tell me you want me to take this person violating my body as a child and not say anything or not do anything or you not reach out to me in love because of fear and shame of what people will think of this family? There's absolutely no way you can make a child understand that they didn't do something wrong if you do that. Fear. You said it right, my Fear will make you do crazy things. I know you said love, but I'm saying fear. Fear will make you do and make stupid decisions all the time. Because you think it'll take care of itself. It's not going to take care of itself. No. No, what's going to happen is you're going to continue to go through and you're not going to know how to come out because you're afraid of confronting the issue. You're afraid of having to deal with it. And so you decide to push it under a rug or, you know, hide it behind a door and, you know, when it's time to air it, you know, when it's time to put it out on, you know, like like the young folks said, when it's time to put it on blast, you don't know how to deal with it being on blast. Yes. And, Brian, let me say this to all the listeners that are listening and all the people that will listen to this show and the replay and whatever. Tonight, this morning, whenever, make a decision, make a commitment to face your fears. Write it down. Do whatever you have to do and stare it right in the eyes and confront it. It's been it's been haunting you all your life. You've been afraid of your dreams and because of your fear you can't even live the life. You can't even live that dream. It's time to face your fears and don't let fear run your life. You are in control of your life. Fear is a choice. Yes. Fear it's an is absolute a choice. choice. 
And a lot of times it's because of lack of knowledge. It's a lack of this, whatever the situation you're going through or you're dealing with. The first thing we want to think is what will others say. Don't worry about that. Face your fears. Lock whatever it is, radio. face it. Face your fear. Brian, I know you have something. Yes. You know, I want to say that in closing this show tonight, you have to overcome your fear. You have to. There's no other way out. Because if you have fear, then you can't have faith. If you have fear, then you can't have faith. So be faithful that you can overcome your fear. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you for listening. We ask you to join us on Wednesday as we have another wonderful show ready for you. Thank you and good, good night.